<laughs> Shafi, Shafi, are you there? Bob, I think I think Bob Dylan is Alex Battles. I think Bob Alex Battles is Bob Dylan. Night has fallen once again on the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas. The number of birds on Bill the Landlord's bird feeder has dwindled down to zero, and we are inside. Our, our, air, conditions are, our air conditioners are on because it's very warm, and we are behind our microphones ready for another episode of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. This episode... 103, if you can believe it, will feature such classics as a guild workshop, a poetry corner, a bit of trivia about our old friend Jameson. That's right, Jameson trivia. New uh, new section. <laughs> Hopefully becomes a recurring one. Weekly trivia about Jameson. <laughs> uh, and uh, the usual uh, hijinks that you associate with, with this man. He's a cartographer of the new age uh the pride of tarzana california uh his canines are not quite as sharp as they used to be he's matthew rampy hello matthew if you want to hear paradise simply download us and listen shafi's forehead sometimes glistens use the correct word Matthew's missing anagram acronym. I just I can't get it right. There is no pod I know that compares to one magical nation. Um, really, Shafi, the the podcast is pure imagination, right? <laughs> it just it really just comes from our imaginations, week in, week out. Episode one hundred and three. Uh, here we come. The, uh, the <laughs> I I gotta tell you, my we talk about movies a lot on this uh, on this program. Uh, it was the fiftieth anniversary of of the Willy Wonka of the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka, and I saw this is on when I was batching it when the fam was away for a minute. Uh, you know, I like to just keep the TV on in the background and I do like the nightly news and then the local news. And then you, you have your choice of entertainment tonight or TMZ. Uh, so it was one of the nights that I'd gone with E.T. And they were they were doing a little piece on the 50th anniversary. And some of those kids, you know, are like geezers now. And they were talking to Augustus Gloop and he looks exactly like you think he would look. And he <laughs> They were talking about how Mike TV was a real rascal. And Mike, and like this guy that played Mike TV was like, yeah, I don't think Gene Wilder liked me too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but my sister watched that movie on VHS on Sunday after church, every Sunday for like two years, I swear. She couldn't get enough of that flick. And it's such a great flick. And I love that song, Pure Imagination. So uh, I'm glad to have a chance to represent it here in the parody parade. Absolutely. And I enjoyed your 
your anagram acronym reference set me to giggling. I had to stifle it so I didn't so I didn't uh, upset your parody. Uh, there it was are just some. There are just some similar things that I, I I can never get right, like left and right. You know, like to this day, I still have to think about it. I sometimes shoot out my hands and look for the correct L. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm just we're just learning here, Shafi. We're just babies. How the hell are you, buddy? I haven't seen you in um, it seems like two weeks now. Um, I, have a, I, I, have a, I went on a I went on a trip. I have a scar on my I hand went, on my left hand that's been there since I was a kid, and so I can quietly just feel it. And that tells me which is left. Ah, uh, oh, I, nice! You got a, you got a cheat. I believe it was the reception for my aunt Kim and Uncle Bernard's wedding, which was was in my grandparents' backyard <laughs> in Edinburgh, Texas, and I was swinging. Wait, like an, what's the texosity of that statement? <laughs> swinging like an orangutan in the tangerine trees in my grandparents' backyard. And I like caught like a sharp little like a stump of a branch, I guess, and just ripped my hand right open. And uh, that uh, that facilitated a trip to the emergency room where I got my hand all sewn up. Uh, it was pretty exciting. And then you know, from then on, I've had a I've had a scar there that I can kind of just feel, and nobody really would know what I was doing, so. I can uh, I can keep it to myself that I don't know left from right and not not you, broadcast it to the world. But you know what I mean. Like sometimes something gets stuck in your head, and it's just it's tough to sort out the differences on the fly like that. You know, absolutely. I, yeah, yeah. I understand completely. So yeah, I went uh, I went and swooped up the family in Jackson, Mississippi, and we went to the beach. We went to the beach in Alabama. Now, what what comes to your mind when I say beach in Alabama? Well, only be, I mean only because I know I've heard. Uh, I would imagine, you know, I would picture it being kind of like you know a Louisiana beach, kind of swampy and really not the best. But I've heard that that's not correct at all. That Alabama Alabama beaches are beautiful, and uh, the water's blue, and the sand is white, and it's wonderful. Yeah, we're just just on the other side of the Mobile Bay. Uh, there's Gulf Shores, and then there's Orange Beach, and those are kind of both along the beach. Um, I think Gulf Shores is more um, where people live down there, and then Orange Beach is like the tourist area. It's it's this whole strip of the beach where it's just you know condos and rentals, and of course there's a big uh, uh, bay or kind of inland canal. Um, yeah, it's really great. We've gone there a few times and man, I love the beach with my kids. Um, it's tough vacationing with kids because there's always this, like, you, you gotta be doing stuff, you know, like you can't just go somewhere and just read your book and, and, and chill really with kids cause they want to be doing stuff and, the beach is good because you actually you can get some chilling done and then they're just like right there playing and uh but man they they both really got into just getting out in the waves and they would really kind of get as far as 
I would have to call them back in. I would have to keep reminding them, don't go too far out, you know, and I'm talking about riptides and, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't feel, even though they're older, I felt like I needed to be out there with them the whole time. And man, Isabel especially just wanted to be out there. Um, to like just hours getting pummeled by the waves. <laughs> like, you know, you get in and you're getting pummeled and you get to a certain point where you're kind of beyond the breakers a little bit. And maybe you can still stand up a bit and that's a nice place to be. Then you're just doing a lot of bobbing, you know, but man, I lost my, one of my favorite caps. Um, when we first got there, just, I just wasn't paying attention and I just got, smacked down by a rogue wave and just took my cap and um so there's losses at the beach but overall such a great time such a it really helps me unhook from you know all the rigors of of daily modern life uh <laughs> you know i think i said i said before that i was felt like i'm rushing all the time and i don't know trip to the beach helped kind of sort that out a little bit slow at down least, a little bit sure at least, at, at least temporarily you know um and then we stopped in new orleans on the way back man new orleans what a place right um, <laughs> yeah. i've never i've never really like gone there and done the the, the new orleans thing like mardi gras or jazz fest and and party and go out late i've always I've always had kids with me. <laughs> um, actually, the first time I went to New Orleans, Amy was pregnant, and it was right after Christmas. We decided to stop there, and we even stayed in the quarter. But it was freezing cold, and she was super pregnant. And it was like, <laughs> you know, I, I I got my first taste in New Orleans, but only a taste. Like I didn't really. You know, we went to dinner, and maybe had, I went to one bar and let me have a drink, and then we went to the hotel. Um, and then the other, my other times being there, uh, her, she has a friend who lives in the garden district and we usually stay there and see her, but it's really amazing walking around and really the whole South Jackson, uh, especially Jackson and, and New Orleans. These are the places that I know. These are the cities that I know in the South there's this sense of mother nature just really trying to reclaim everything all the time. Like <laughs> mm -hmm. the constant rain and plants just like the kudzu. Like I'm so fascinated by the kudzu you're driving along in the South and it's just kind of rural and there'll be a spot where the kudzu is just covered all the other plants. You, there, there's trees and bushes and other things there and it's just covered kudzu. It's, uh, Mother Nature just wants to recall it all. But that was crazy, especially this time, because, um, of course, I love the news. And the nightly news loves to uh, put a spotlight on things like a, dr a massive drought and a heat wave. As well, they should. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> uh, at the same time that I'm in the South just getting dumped on every day. Uh, the West was just drying out and burning and blasting through records for uh, highs. I heard our buddy Luke Burbank talking the other day in the city of Portland. 
there has been the hottest temperature ever recorded and the largest snowfall with all within the span of 19 weeks or something like that. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Like Seattle, I think, recorded 117 in Seattle, which is bananas. But uh, even even more interesting, that is two or three degrees hotter than any recorded temperature in Austin, Texas. That is so wild, man. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Suddenly, we can tolerate the heat better. Just know we've always stayed cooler than Seattle. But it's uh, but it's back to normal up there. They're they're getting down to like in the fifties at night. It, it sounds really nice. Actually, I was looking at good, it the other day. Them. Yeah, yeah. Great, and even though like them. we've we've had a lot of rain here, and actually it's been pretty merciful for July. You know, we, uh, we've regularly had highs in the eighties, uh, which for July in August in Austin is incredible. Uh, but it's still like muggy and really just not very nice. So. It's not nice. Don't move here. Whatever. I'm still uh, I'm still on the Pacific Northwest train, uh, such as it is. Yeah, maybe we're all headed that way. Um, hey, Shafi, we are going to be, inshallah, God willing, hitting 20k downloads soon. How about that? Yeah, I was just taking notes, uh, and you know that one. <laughs> That one uh, outlier episode is now up over 3,000 downloads. It's like 3,100. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> that. That really skews our numbers in a bad way. So let's not mention that again. But yeah. If, but I, was, that... if I was industrious, I would, um, I would edit that out. But I'm not. Recent episodes are upticking in total, total downloads. So that's cool. Yeah, like every episode, if if you look at the numbers on like a, an average download per episode, uh, it is definitely a a positive trend. Yeah, that's not to say that you shouldn't turn a friend on to one magical hour this very day. Just tell somebody about it. You're enjoying it. We see y'all listening. So tell your buddies. Tell your little buddies. Tell your friends all about us. We need so to... I'm fascinated by this new segment. Um. <laughs> the the Jameson trivia segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if I'm going to be any good at this. I think I'm going to be. I think I'm going to be halfway decent. Uh, it's funny. Well, it's not like sustaining out. What's going on there? Sorry. Uh, yes, it is. There is a there's a really good omnibus omnibus episode about the uh, about this index. It's a combination of numbers. Uh, there's this uh, famous scientist who like collaborated with a bunch of different people on a bunch of different scientific papers and scientific writings. And so, among scientists, there's a uh, there's a, you know, they, they collaborate a lot on a lot of different papers. And so among scientists, there's a number whereby you collaborate with somebody and they've collaborated with somebody and you 
you connect yourself back to to collaborating with this one guy. It's kind of like the Kevin Bacon number, but instead of movies, it's scientific papers. Okay. And uh-huh. and then of course there's the Kevin Bacon number where you connect movies to actors and movies to Kevin Bacon. And then there's also yep. something among musicians called the Sabbath number, where it's people you've shared a stage with, going back to Ozzy Osbourne basically, and because oh. he's somebody who has shared the stage with a lot of people. Uh, and then there's some people who have a combination of all three of these numbers, and these those are the really uh, what? There's a those are Wait. the really, yeah. Those are, that's a very that, needless to say that's that's lofty territory to be in. Uh, really, Is that for really, real? yeah. Scientific papers. Really interesting. Really funny thing. And uh, it, but it got me thinking. What is Jameson's bacon number? Um, would you like to? Would you like me to pause while you try? Or um, <sighs> um, trying to think of all the people that he's been in stuff with. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Jameson was in the. I think the most important one and obvious one is Jameson was in Clown Hunt with Barry Tubb. Yeah, Barry Tubb. And uh-huh. Barry Tubb was in, among other things, Top Gun. He was right. one of the other pilots in Top Gun. One of the, the pilots right. who weren't Wolf Tom Man. Cruise, Val Kilmer, right. or Tim Robbins. And uh, Wolfman, Wolf wasn't it? I'm not, I'm not sure. But uh, okay. uh, the way I did it when I when I first tried to do it was, uh, you know, Barry Tubb in Clown Hunt. And then I knew that Barry Tubb was in uh, Lonesome Dove with Tommy Lee Jones. And then Tommy Lee Jones was in uh, was in JFK with Kevin Bacon. But uh, that that felt like cheating, and I guess it technically is cheating because Lonesome Dove is a miniseries, not a movie. But then I found out Barry Tubb was in Barry Tubb was in some movie. It was like I think called a Bronx Tale, maybe. Uh, with Barry Tubb was in a movie I'm with I'm Robert on, De Niro. I'm on his, I'm on his um, filmography here. Let me see. I think it's a Bronx Tale with Robert De Niro, and then Robert De Niro is in Sleepers with Kevin Bacon. So, really, it's the same same amount okay. of of hits, but you know, not using the, uh, not cheating with the uh, miniseries like I did. Cheating with a miiniseries. I always knew this would come to this. Eventually, it'll be the, the movie series about me, on cheating. me with a miniseries. <laughs> oh, the miniseries about Schaefer cheating on Matthew. It's the it's the zillionaire boys club. Well, so but that how how many was that? Like five or six? Jameson's um, Kevin Bacon number is not that. No, it's that's three. Oh, three. Cause, okay, because him to Barry Tub is one. Barry Tub to. Uh. Robert De Niro is two, and Robert De Niro to Bacon is three. Okay, sorry, I I misunderstood because I was looking up Barry Tub facts while while you were talking about. <laughs> uh, Barry Tub's a West um, Texas boy, I think. 
Yeah. Or a Texas boy, anyway. Uh, 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 yeah, um, Snyder. It's that whole Snyder connection. That's Where, it. Didn't they film Clown Hunt in and around Snyder? That sounds right. Yeah. And I, when I was yeah. so, Barry Tubb was yeah. probably a student of uh, the same guy who our friend Kevin was a student of. I can't remember his name now. Warsham. Jerry Warsham. He was a very, very talented director and teacher and got a lot of those kids at Snyder High School into theater. Our friend Kevin, who's now directing out in Hollywood, directs directs and stars in episodes of Lucifer, the show. Uh, and he's done a bunch of other stuff, too. But uh, he was one of Jerry Warsham's like students. Of, seems like our chances of getting Kevin on the program, uh, Kevin Alejandro on the program, was were better earlier in the podcast when it was full of possibility now that it has become a thing it seems less likely we'll see we can we can dare to dream just gotta keep asking so let me ask you was that the jameson trivia yes what the kevin bacon thing yes yeah. what is jameson's kevin bacon number okay i like that do you think that that's going to be sustainable as a segment? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or do you think that's a one-off? Oh, we'll see. I'll think about it. I'll think about it some more. Okay. Well, I got a whole, I got a brainstorm here, a whole new category of segments, one-off segments. Like we do a segment and we say, this is the only <laughs> time we're ever going to do this segment. So enjoy it. It's going to help people really be in the here and now. All right. Podcast world. <laughs> Single segment segment. Jameson trivia. <laughs> Single serving segments. <laughs> Jam Jameson trivia come and gone. <laughs> Matthew, why do why do people say that drinking a little on the morning of a hangover is 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 taking uh, the hair of the dog that bit you? Is having a little of the I, hair of the dog that bit you? I'm not quite sure, but I remember where I was when I first heard that phrase. Uh, our friend, she's featured on our website, Tara. Uh, we were at a wedding. I can't even remember whose wedding it was. But the, the reception was at the Stephen F. Austin Hotel. And I was indeed... I maybe had been overserved the previous evening and I was suffering from a hangover and I was looking towards getting to that bar and Tara said, Oh, you need some of the hair of the dog, the bitcha. And I, I had never heard that before. And I'm, I mean, we must've been in our, you know, advanced twenties. Um, so I'm excited to learn a little bit about it here. I haven't, um, I have heard that all my life. Not wait on all my life. Ever since that time. Do tell. I uh I like to change it to say uh instead of having the hair of the dog that bit me, I'm gonna bite the hairy dog. And, um Oh, okay. Just because I think that that's I think that that's funny and a little saucy. Uh but uh but no, that's I, just you, right? That's not yeah. a regional dialect or anything? No, just me, yeah. We have a very, very, very regional dialect, regional to one person. Okay, right, <laughs> right. Well, it's on the podcast now, so. <laughs> uh, 
a colloquial, a colloquial, a very limited colloquialism. It's true. Uh, I, I was sometimes talking, say it quietly in my bedroom to myself. <laughs> I was like, talking oh, with some customers at the bar about it, and they didn't know either. And uh, you know, it's a pretty weird thing. And then, so I, you know, I made a quick note: it's time for a yield workshop. Bite the hairy dog. Uh, and I just looked it up just now, and it's very simple actually. It comes from an old belief that someone bitten by a rabid dog could be cured of rabies by taking a potion containing some of the dog's hair. So it's not mm -hmm. curing a hangover, it's curing rabies by oh. that. <laughs> and it doesn't give and unfortunately does that work? Unfortunately it doesn't give details for how to how to brew this particular potion. Um mm, too bad for the uh rabid human. Any uh any rabid humans among us. That is uh, interesting. I that sounds it's like that's just pseudoscience, right? It is <laughs> definitely that sounds like pseudoscience to me. Absolutely. Uh, I'm just looking at some other, you know, uh, when you put things into Google, things come up. Uh, <laughs> people also ask. And uh, <laughs> yeah. does hair yeah. of the dog what actually what work? What do people also ask? <laughs> it's so funny that, yeah, this question, does, does hair of the dog actually work? I mean, yes, it definitely does. Like, if you just... If you get drunk again, you're going to feel fine. You're going to feel good. Oh, we're talking about alcohol again. I thought yeah. we were still talking about rabies. Um, oh, no, no I'm yeah, pretty sure no, that the rabies thing doesn't work at all. It, hair of the dog is how you get really strung out on alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all going to catch up with you sometime. It's true. Yeah, like in your 40s. <laughs> and then it's hope not Hopefully. Hopefully you make it that far. Nah, it's going to be pretty. Well, Matthew, I was, I was I troubling it. some customers at, a, at the bar today. Oh. Uh, trolling, did you say? Troubling, I said. And I don't mean actually. Oh, troubling. Them, troubling. I don't mean causing right. them actually any trouble. I just mean talking to them, really, um, and asking them unanswerable questions. As I am wont to do, <laughs> and I asked, I you know, the it's been bothering me. The at what altitude do you start to feel the decrease of gravity? And um, nobody was really able to give me a good answer. We did, how we did, however, uh, we did, however, establish that the threshold between the atmosphere and space is about 62 miles, which is still, that's like three times the distance of that, uh, of that balloon that's going up out of Florida. So you're probably still oh, thoroughly the says it's going to 186 something miles or something. No, I think it's at about 20 miles, right? Oh, I see. So it's not even getting to the... Yeah. I see. The like, balloon's like not quite getting to space. A third of the way to space. I see. That's barely low Earth orbit. It's not. Wow. Okay. 
The balloon so, is a jip. Get your money yeah. back, people. Those like those it's halo jumpers, you know, those people who do the crazy, crazy uh, parachuting, they jump from something like twelve miles up, I think. Um. So it yeah, makes sense uh -huh. if something, if this thing is going up to just drop back down to earth, that it probably it's probably not going up to. You know, if it were to if it were to find itself in some kind of orbit, then it would need some thrusters to get out of orbit. So then it doesn't have those. So it makes sense that it's got to stay within gravity's solid gravity gravitational pull. Otherwise, it can't get back down. So of course, nobody's feeling any effects of of light gravity up there, or you could end up in in a really serious problem. I should if I had thought about it a little more, I could have got there. I think. But that's me sitting around thinking, does not good podcasting make? Uh, not that it's ever stopped me before. Uh, fortunately, our good friend Andy Bays got at us uh, about the same uh, the same issue. He sent us an email, subject line, just gravity. It says, hey guys, thanks for asking me about the gravity problem. I'm, a, I'm trained as a hard rock geologist working on an MS in geochemistry, but I did take advanced physics. I can tell you that an astronaut's weight will taper off largely as a result of distance from Earth. Weight equals uh, gm over r squared. You see r squared is in the denominator. means weight will get very small with increasing radius from the center of the Earth. Um, so, yeah. You still, you still don't give us a distance, but... Uh, but um, yes, thanks for thanks for weighing in, Andy. We appreciate. It. He says, "Keep up the good work." Stuck in San Francisco for a long time. Listening to y'all's podcast reminds me of the main conversations we had on the disc golf course. Yes, Andy, it's true. If there's one thing we're good at, it's a main conversation, and we're happy to the have you as a part of it. Conversations is that a <laughs> thank you. backhanded compliment? Thank you very or, much. <laughs> okay, thanks, Andy. Good to hear from you. Keep listening. I'm glad that we're providing. Some comfort for you out there in San Francisco. And a little inanity. Um, you, you know, uh, Andy has almost convinced me that he's not Choo Choo Express. And so this mystery persists. And uh, much like your nephew in The Drop, who thinks that Alex Battles is actually uh, Bob Dylan. <laughs> I think that Choo Choo Express is actually Josh Dahumel, star of Transformers, ex-husband of Fergie. That's my new that's my latest theory on who Choo Choo is. Now Choo Choo, if you're not Josh Dahumel, then you know, set that record straight. Yes. But if you just want to be but if you just want to be mistaken for a former male model for the rest of your life, then that's fine. That's just fine. But everybody should do something like Choo Choo, which is go and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Absolutely. The more reviews, the better. Uh, that's something to do with Apple's algorithm or something. Getting the word out there. Getting or folks something. to talk about it. Yeah. Thank you once again yeah, to all like of our that. listeners in India. Uh, I promise that one of these episodes I'll get a story tailored tailored just for you. Get something together. Are you still promising an Indian story? We appreciate. You know, it's been yeah, I know it's been a while since I've done one, but um 
haven't we done some some stories from India in the past? We, it's not we, like you've totally shirked that. No, no, definitely. Right? Yeah, we definitely have. I just, uh, I, uh, I haven't done it in a little while. It's true. Well, you know what this episode really needs? I feel like what? this is going to be our shortest episode ever. Finally, a short one. <laughs> This episode needs a poetry corner. Like oh. I need another hole in my head. No, I mean that, I don't think that came out right. I mean, Wait, I, I, I have a right. I have a new screws. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. I do, yeah. Yeah, great. Well, there was a there was literally a question mark. Oh yeah, a question next to it. Yeah. On the show sheet. Well, that's okay. Do I'd like to welcome South Texas Citrus Correspondent Schaefer Hall. Thank you very much, Matthew, from NPR News. Here is a story, an entertaining story. When business owner Bobby Reed approached the Brooksville City Council about purchasing a municipal building at the base of small Florida city's water tower, he didn't expect the water tower to come with it. So, yeah, a small town in Florida called Brooksville, accidentally sold their water tower. Uh, (laughs) This guy, Bobby Reed, bought the property, this building, municipal building, for $55,000. He wanted to turn it into a a personal training studio, of course, another, another, what do you call it? Um, Dazzling Deet? Uh... (laughs) No, just oh, probably a cross CrossFit studio. Just those, another CrossFit studio. There has to be one in every in on you know, on every block. It seems. Uh, also, he is, did. He felt he 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 didn't have enough money for the low orbit Earth balloon, so he figured <laughs> he'd buy this property. He only had about half the cash for that, so he's like, "Oh, I'll buy this." Uh, <laughs> it uh, just says municipal building. He did immediately went. Through, he immediately went through the necessary te- steps to deed the water tower back to the city of Brooksville. Uh, <laughs> the, oh, uh, dude, that's not how I thought that was going to end. <laughs> I totally thought that he was going to turn it into a cash cow. You know, he was going to start <laughs> charging people. What what like, used like, to be the city like water Max pl- just, supply was now just standing up there in a weird costume, just opening up the water to people is. Is he see fit? Saw fit? No, no. He would have like a, a valve or a spigot at the bottom <laughs> where he could be filling uh, jugs and <laughs> those five gallon things that he could just turn it into like, y- have you ever seen those like freestanding kiosks that are just like water and ice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, like he's just like that. Water here. Get Wait, your fresh water that. here. Tell me where that was again. Where did that Brook, happen? Brookville, Brooksville, Florida. <laughs> that's a, not to uh such a florida story yeah not to kick florida when it's down but yeah that's that's uh one of those things that just seems to happen in that state <laughs> i set foot in florida uh, on the trip we we were at the very end of orange beach which is the, actually the alabama florida line and there's the famous bar there the florabama, florabama yeah uh, yeah yeah 
Uh, my father-in-law always takes me to the floor of Bama when we go there. This time we were staying right, like literally like uh, our beach front area was right next to the floor of Bama. And they have a really nice, like uh, speaking of kiosks, like a bar kiosk out on the, on the beach. How exciting. That sounds lovely. I love that story. Thank you for taking on, taking us on that cruise. That cruise to Florida. Uh, so were you, were you reaching for your poem? Yeah. My, uh, my good buddy, John Carter, uh, did me a real solid. He took, I sent him my, uh, most recent collection of poems and he, he did a really careful reading of them with a ton of notes and places where he thought maybe I should send, uh, should send them for, uh, for possible, uh, possible publication. Uh, it was really great, okay. real gracious, awesome thing to do. So thank you so much for the, for to John Cotter for that. We'll get him on the show, uh, as soon as possible. Uh, he's a great, great dude, great old friend of mine, longtime collaborator. Um, but when he sent me the manuscript back with his notes on it, and in the envelope he included uh, this book of poems. It's called Broadway for Paul uh, by a guy named Vincent Katz, who I don't even, I don't know. Um, but like all of the, all of the blurbs on the back, Elaine Equi and Eileen Miles, I know these people. Um, so he and I must be in pretty close circles. Uh, it seems to be... Oh, well, here it is on, on the on the fly. It says, friendship, love, and the potential energy of change animate these poems of walking through New York City. So I am going to read a poem from this book. Okay, here we, uh, here we have Times Square 2017. It's too bad Rudy's not here to see the ad for the 90s dominating Times Square below the big purple and white W. He'd be so vindicated, not that he'd claim it or even want it. Rudy didn't need that. He'd just be happy to know that Times Square is always new and always great. I guess that's Rudy Giuliani, who is famous for cleaning up, cleaning up Times Square. I'm glad you cleared that up because I thought it was Rudy from the inspirational football movie. <laughs> let's let's read one more. Uh, this one's called Calligraphy at the Beach. There's lots of beaches to be found in in New York City. There's Rockaway Beach in Queens, and of course uh, Coney Island, and uh, up in the Bronx there's City Island. Um, I'm sure there's some beaches on Staten Island too. I didn't. I explored Staten Island a little bit, not much. This one's called Calligraphy at the Beach. Tonight, the same view, but different. The light darker. Different water has flowed. Boats come, gone. Shapes insistent. Many more people now. Hour of promenade. Music. Darkness. Walking. Not much flirting. Just a way of life involving water. Boats out there. Food offering. Perfume. 
Hmm. Vincent Katz, folks. Thanks for those nice poems, Vincent Katz. Thanks for your, uh, thanks for your, thanks for not. All right, go ahead and send us a letter of season desist if you feel like it. <laughs> yeah, we are dying for another season desist. It really validates our whole existence. <laughs> Every one we get makes us feel more real to you and yours. <laughs> And thanks so much to each and every member of One Magical Nation. Uh, the, what back in the first hundred episodes we would call hundred hundred gatherers, um, and what are they now? They're Iron Agers. They're. Uh, I think they're citizens. Of, I think they're citizens of the universe now. All right. I, I don't know. Um, and now we had talked about. Uh, um, they're just starting to domesticate. Not- Certain animals, not certain iron, ungulates. Not Iron Age. <laughs> they oh, have that's... not learned to work with metal yet. No, <laughs> sir. <laughs> They're just starting to plant some wheat. Bronze. Bronze Maybe. Age. Bronze is much easier to do than iron. So. Domesticate an ungulate or two. Whatever. Hey, that sounds like a. If you would, you, that sounds like a plan for this weekend, buddy. If you would like, let's go out and domesticate an ungulate, an, un, an ungulate or two. <laughs> uh, well, magical nation. If you have any ideas on what you would like to be called, let us know. Uh, we would love to hear from you through the usual channels. Uh, could be, could be the uh, website, a uh, feedback at one magical nation.com or could be the voicemail voicemail line it's 512-766-6087 or uh or yeah hit us up on facebook hit us up on we have some sort of <laughs> we have some sort of an instagram slash twitter presence although that that's not a space we play in quite as often and uh and yeah it's ancillary keep uh keep having fun and and we look forward to talking to you again very very soon we love you, and in the meantime, we're going to be swinging like orangutans on tangerine trees. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, the poor are the choices. The sweet of the wine. Your condition qualifies